As boys, we all grow up searching for heroes. These are the men who inspire us and whom we aspire to be like. Our heroes have a magnetic power over us, drawing us up into some kind of higher life, drawing us into true masculinity itself. I love asking men about their heroes because I'm so inspired by the stories they tell me. Now, as I've thought about it, I find that there are three types of heroes we're searching for. Our early heroes as boys seem to possess physical strength and athletic prowess. We are then looking for the strong man. We're so inspired by men who have the ability to beat the enemy and win the day. You can put our superhero fantasies in this category, as well as athletes and warriors that we are drawn to. We sense from the very beginning that masculinity is tied to some kind of strength. And we want to taste that strength inside of us as well. But along the way, we start searching for another type of hero. We start looking for the wise man. Here is one who truly understands life and can point out the true way forward for us amid the jungle of lies and deceptions. We long for a wise man to come for us and train us in how to walk as a man in this world. But at some point, we're drawn to a third type of hero. This is someone who uses his strength and wisdom for the sake of others. We are looking for the nobleman. Here's the quintessential hero, the one who lives for a transcendent cause and remains true to that cause, even when it costs him dearly. He is the warrior who fights for the good of everyone else. So many of the great heroes in books and movies have this quality. You only have to think of William Wallace in Braveheart or Aragorn in Lord of the Rings to see how true this is. I think the three types of heroes we search for say something very important about the nature of masculinity. Without receiving any instruction on this matter, we instinctively look for these types of men. There's some intuitive, precognitive awareness we have that just knows what true masculinity is. And we search for it in our heroes in the hopes that we can find that same masculinity inside ourselves. The fire we see in them is one that we want to have struck inside of ourselves. I think it's also important to note what we do with our heroes. We idolize them. We put them up on a pedestal. In a sense that does not sound blasphemous to us, we worship them. In fact, the phrase hero worship is not unfamiliar to us. Our heroes are tying us to something that feels holy and transcendent and true. They are, in fact, reflecting something about God himself. Yet our boyhood heroes cannot stay up on the pedestal. At some point, the harsher realities of life move in. We come to realize that the men we have idolized have their own flaws and sins and weaknesses, just like us. What we do with that disappointment is such an important question to explore. But what I want to note now is that our heroes have pointed out something that is true about masculinity and true about God himself even if it is just a brief flash or a faint glimmer it is still something that moves us deeply and moves us forward with hope i'm bill delvo and this is heroic a podcast about the surprising path to true manhood in our conversation on the path to true manhood the perfect starting point is our boyhood heroes 
Warren Norman will be our first guest as we explore true manhood. Warren is a business professional here in Nashville, but his story is unique in that he grew up in the Atlanta, Georgia area and was a national prospect football player in high school. He went on to be a star running back and return specialist at Vanderbilt University. For the past few years, he has been investing his time as a Young Life staff leader in Nashville for high school kids, as well as starting up Young Life College at Tennessee State University. Some of the topics Warren and I will be discussing are who our boyhood heroes were and why they were heroes to us, how our views on heroism change as we grow into men, and how important hero figures continue to be as men. Warren is an incredibly earnest individual, and in our discussion, he has learned some deep lessons about success, failure, and what true heroism looks like from his life. It is evident why young men in high school and college look up to him so much. Warren, thanks for being with us today. Uh, let me start with this question. Uh, just talk about some of your boyhood heroes. What drew you to them and who were they? Honestly, Bill, I think there were really only two kind of growing up. Kind of crazy, but the Nature Boy Ric Flair. <laughs> Big time wrestling fan, and he was the guy. Um, just how much energy he had, yeah, yeah. uh, kind of like you were talking about earlier, just this uh, quintessential just perspective of just like manliness. Yes. He was amazing. So he was one, and me just being a football player growing up, my favorite football player, hands down, was Randy Moss. Right. Um, just the athleticism, all the touchdowns he was scoring. So much fun to watch um, as a 12, 13-year-old kid. Yeah, and I'm curious, just you can go on, but I'm curious, did you have like, Young boys often have memorabilia or posters or other things to remind them. Can you talk about that with those oh, two yeah, heroes? Absolutely. So I couldn't find a lot of, believe it or not, I couldn't find a lot of Ric Flair stuff. Yeah. I don't know if it was because of where I lived or um, he was getting a little older as, you know, I was I was watching wrestling at my age. Um, but I had tons of Randy Moss things. I had a jersey, I had maybe two posters of him in my bedroom, yeah. um, all these footballs um, that I just wrote like Randy Moss in there just to kind of like <laughs> remind me like, hey, who do I want to emulate, you right. know, when I'm running around with the right. football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of football gear, a lot of football equipment that uh, kind of resembled Randy Moss in some shape or form. Um, but yeah, it was all over my house when I was growing up, for sure. <laughs> it, it was everywhere. everybody knew you were all oh, yeah, over Randy Moss. Absolutely, that. absolutely. It's, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so move from boyhood into sort of young manhood. How did your yeah. heroes sort of stay the same, or how did they change? Talk about that. Who did you start to look up to then? Yeah, so I think first how it stayed the same. Even up until now, I think there's this uh, manliness that we still want to somewhat um, exhibit, and we still want to kind of idolize. And I don't really know how to better explain that, but for whatever reason, at any stage in my life anyway, I've always been attracted to the man who kind of portrays like this bold or just confident and just um, proud guy. Like I've always been able to um, relate in a way and and want to aspire to be something like that in some shape or form. So I think, <laughs> and it's still kind of crazy, I think Ric Flair still kind of <laughs> emulates that or portrays that. Um, I follow him on Twitter, and he's still saying these things he was saying 34, 30 or 40 years ago. Um, and it's, and it's, it's quite Bold a Bold and assertive. Yeah. <laughs> Just like he, out he, there. He's still, like, portraying, like, this real macho man persona, and he's about 70, 75 years old or something like that. So it's, it's a lot of fun to watch for sure. <laughs> you know, just really wanting to kind of give off, like, this really manly man kind of vibe. I think that's still kind of attractive in some shape or form for me. Um, and I think how it's different 
Uh, what I kind of see in a hero now and just kind of how it's been redefined as I've gotten older, uh, I think a hero is someone who, and I think you hit the nail on the head there at the beginning, just someone who's able to sacrifice a lot in order for others to kind of thrive or for them to be lifted up in some shape or form there. Um, so obviously now it's, it's not looking so much like athletes, but more so um, people who are involved in the community or people who are putting a lot down or leaving a lot to impact the lives of others. So I think that's how it's changed. You just ask, as I've gotten older anyway. And I know there's like a lot of different definitions of heroes and things like that, but that's kind of how I'm, I'm learning to see it as I'm getting a little bit older. Yeah. And I'm curious if you've met or in your work, you've been attracted to someone or maybe a few men in particular that seem to exhibit that sort of, you know, noble man who, who sort of, I'm, I, this is for the sake of others, it's not really for me. Yeah, for sure. Who have you run across that like, oh, there's something of that there, I think. Yeah, so uh, just a little context. I'm working with Young Life here in Nashville. I've been doing that for about four years now. Um, Christian youth organization, just coming into the lives of kids loving on them exactly where they are in hopes to kind of tell them about Christ. Um, so just a few men that I've come across since I've been doing that. There's Honestly, there's been a handful that I've admired from afar. I think just two that come off the top of my head right now, uh, Lance Brown. Actually, mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely the one that jumps out. He was my chaplain at Vanderbilt University when I was there. And I think he was just able to kind of, com- first of all, communicate the gospel in a way that really um, drew me near as a 19-year-old aspiring NFL football player. Um, and it wasn't in a way that seemed like over preachy, if that's mm-hmm. the right word, but in a way that just really explained the love of Jesus in a way that could draw someone like me near. Um, so I've always admired that from him and always wanted to be able to kind of share the gospel in a similar way that could reach um, people who might have been a little bit uh, deterred by it. Mm-hmm. in one uh, way or the other in the past. And I find that interesting that what you saw in him, you're now trying to do. Exactly. Which is, which is what happens with our heroes. We sort of, you know, almost subconsciously, we, we, we take in those traits and we sort of want to emulate them. Exactly. I mean, what he did for me is exactly what I want to do precisely. Um, and the same age group and everything. I think what I get to do, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. And just kind of, as I was explaining earlier, how my heroes were, you know, these professional athletes, these 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 men that portrayed like this um, overbearing uh, sense of masculinity. I think that's still very prevalent. And at the same time, I think it's okay to kind of, you know, have those kind of heroes in some sense or or fashion. But at the end of the day, uh, these things fade. And if we want to be a wrestler or a professional athlete, we need to keep in mind that um, just kind of as I was saying earlier, I don't think it's something that we can look at long-term and inspire to be because it doesn't exactly impact anyone. It doesn't exactly affect anyone long-term. And again, that's just kind of how I'm believing to be a hero and what that's supposed to look like. Right. And that's it. switch from the, the hero in and of itself to the hero who lives for others. Absolutely. That's where the impact is. You know, you, you, you sort of, uh, your destiny isn't helping shape the destiny of others. That's another way I've heard it put. It's yeah. really helpful. No doubt. So talk about, go, go there a little bit f- further in terms of um, your own work in ministry mm-hmm. with Young Life, how important are heroes, not only for you, but for the, the young men and women that you work with? Yeah, no, I think it's super important. And I think a big reason what I'm doing um, is so great for me is because I'm seeing so many guys, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, who are idolizing, idolizing these athletes um, and wanting to be a professional athlete. And again, I think that's fine. But I think 
they get so hyper-focused on it mm-hmm. that they don't take any time to kind of discover other things that they're passionate about. And it's really all they see as a, like a, a measure of success in a lot of uh, places you go. It's a, na- a narrow measure of success, as you would Exactly, say. yeah, yes. yeah. And, and I think, you know, we all come to this realization at some point um, that we all can't be professional athletes. <laughs> no. And, and, if, and if we're, you know, 20, 22 years old and right. we've been wanting to be a, a football player up until this point, and we have no idea what we want to do, you know, now that we finally realize that we can't be a football player. I think just kind of the opportunity that I have is to help kids, guys especially, kind of discover those other things that they're passionate about so they can kind of get those wheels turning in their head to start moving towards those things as well, along with being, you know, a professional athlete or whatever it is they're aspiring to be, but just really broadening that scope of, okay, this is other things that I can do that can impact others and still live out a dream that I've had since I was five, six, seven years old. Sure. Um, And again, I get to do that in a way that's intentional, that's um, authentic, and we get to be able to share the love of God with them as well. And we're hoping with that, they're able to find a passion within their hearts that's not only pleasing to them, but honors honors God in a way as well. Um, So just kind of mixing all those things together, um, helping kids, guys especially, finding their passions, what they're passionate about, and then just sharing the love of God and hoping, you know, they're allowing God to kind of move in their hearts and put them in a direction that leads them to something that they're passionate and kind of pursue uh, just down the road and not just uh, a professional sport uh, right. that we're all just trying to, to, to accomplish at yeah, some point. Yeah, it's, it's so. the, you know, I've heard the stat, I don't know what the exact stat is, but, you know, the hundredth of a hundredth of a hundredth yeah. of a percent of yeah. high school athletes actually make it to the professional athlete. It's so... Narrow. And if you ask 100 high school football players if they think they're going to make it to the league, 99, <laughs> if not 100 of them will say yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, reality sets in at some point. It's just it just can't be. No yeah. doubt about it. I, I taught high school young men for many, many years. I, I didn't coach them in the football, but coached them in the, the running sports and track and cross country. So I get that sort of narrow focus and then trying to broaden it out because I remember kind of feeling that way too in some senses in terms of my work. I'm curious, what do you find are some of their other passions? Like when when all of a sudden this sort of heroic thing expands out from just athletic prowess, where do you find them going? What what surfaces in their lives? Man, that's that's a tough one, Bill. I think it's different um, for a lot of different people. Um, something that I've noticed just kind of in my life and, you know, just to kind of provide a little bit more context, I played football for years. And again, I was one of those guys since I was a boy, just wanted to be a football player, had no idea um, what else I want to do as an adult other than just playing football. Um, so I think, honestly, when that tension arrives and you realize that you're not able to pursue this dream that you've had um, for so long, I think we're thinking you know, all right, so what's something in my life right now that I can kind of go and get involved with? So I I find it, me personally, and just some of the things that I've experienced and seen with other guys having the same issue, I find it that guys just kind of latch onto the thing that's convenient or easy or just something they can kind of grab immediately and and just kind of draw a little bit bit of success from. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily always we're going to those things that we're passionate about, but more so just what can I grab right now that will allow me to sustain a living? Um, And we don't want it to get to that point. You know, that's a lot of that's a big reason why I'm doing the things that I'm doing because I don't want guys to get, you know, 25 years old and, and they have a family to support and they're realizing, okay, I can't do this one thing right. and I have no idea what else right. I can do to, to provide for my family or, or to find what else I'm passionate about. Um, but yeah, so a lot of what I've seen anyway, just to kind of answer your question again, is just, we're just grabbing on the things that's nearby. Right, right. 
Do you find their sense of, of and you've made this journey from expanding your sense of what the heroic is, do you mm-hmm. find that inside of them too, like what they're drawn to? It's not necessarily just the, the athletic or the, the, the strength, the physical strength, but other things? Yeah, again, I, I think it's a combination of what they've kind of identified with in the past and whether or not it's something they've held on to up until a certain point. Um, so when we look at heroes, I guess we have to see what we look into a hero and just kind of how we define that on an early at an early age. So, if, again, my hero was the, the big, broad, athletic, masculine guy right. um, growing up. And I think once we get older and we're kind of looking to, I guess, reassess that, does it still look the same or has there been experience throughout that time that's kind of shaped and mold my, uh, I guess, my identity as a hero or what that looks like for me? Um, so I don't, I'm, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that um, directly, but I think it just really starts with, you know, what we look at in a hero and what kind of traits and characteristics we identify in a hero. Does that change over time? If it does, what does it look like now? I guess that's different for mm-hmm. everybody, but mm-hmm. if it remains the same, then I definitely think that's just something we're going to naturally latch onto and just try to find attractive um, and look into it just kind of as we get older. But That's great. That's yeah. good. Let's, let's switch gears and talk about the whole issue of the heroes we put up on a pedestal. Mm. They can't stay there. Yeah. Um, and I've seen this happen in my years as a high school teacher. I've watched uh, young men suffer some really grave and bitter disappointments with people they've looked up to, men they've looked up to, and find the disappointment. So talk about your own sense of disappointment with your heroes, how that has come about, and then maybe what you've learned from that experience of being let down. Yeah, I think, um, again, it was just those two guys for me growing up. Um, and I guess in a way I've been let down is just kind of believing this this thought, and I think we all have it as a as a as just a young kid just wanting to to play football, that okay, this guy's gonna become irrelevant at one point, you know? Because he's not gonna be a professional athlete performing <laughs> right. at a really high level for years and years yeah, and years. Yeah, he's gonna and years know to him at some point, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think and I might be reaching here, but I think to some extent we all want to have some sort of lasting um, form of significance in our lives. Uh, we want to be able to leave an impact that lasts long bef- long after we're alive and long after we're living. And, you know, just being a professional athlete, that doesn't happen, you know. Um, so just kind of believing that false sense that, hey, like, you can be an athlete and, and, and just live in this glory forever. Believing that was a way that I was let down. And, you know, just Randy Moss, um, just a thing. I mean, you know, he had a couple of incidents in the league where he kind of made a fool of himself and, and kind of embarrassed himself. And um, I remember... I don't remember if it was a teacher. It was some adult in my life who knew I was a big Randy Moss fan, and they were cracking on me when um, it was a playoff playoff game against the Packers, I believe. I don't know if it was a playoff game, but anyway, there was this game, and he just kind of pretended to moon the fans and pull his pants down and things like that. And uh, one of the one of my teachers or somebody in my life was like, "Is this somebody you want to look up to?" And just oh, kind of giving me a lot wow. of crap about it. So yeah, it. To answer yeah. your question, I was rather embarrassed about that. And it did make me kind of want to reassess, like, all right, so what are some other things I should probably look to um, to, to, to draw me as far as what a hero or a mentor or idol looks like? Right. Um, but, yeah, and at, at the end of the day, all these people we're looking up to, they aren't perfect. They're all human beings no. and, and all falling short in some form or the other. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, they're all going to let us down in some way, right? Because, again, they're not perfect, and um, we just look up to imperfect people. Right, and what we do at that disappointment is really, really important to consider, um, keeping oh, yeah. ourselves open to the heroic, even though our heroes disappoint us. Um, so what sort of final words would you like to offer? Like if you were before a crowd of um, some of the high school mm. uh young men that you've worked with, and you had to talk about heroes, what would you want to say to them? What would you want them to know and remember? That's good, Bill. I think the main thing is that our heroes need to be someone who's giving their life away in some shape or another. Because I think more so than any athlete, more so than, I don't know, any rock star or music artist, the people who are giving their lives away are the ones who will be leaving an impact, right? Um, They're going to be the ones who are leading others, who are encouraging to lead others, who are encouraging to lead others. And I think that all starts with one person just really being selfless and determined to make an impact. Um, And like I said at the beginning, I think for whatever reason, we're just all drawn to this very specific type of persona. They're either a rock star, music artist, or a professional athlete, or doing something like that. And again, that fades. Um, you need to find someone or look up to somebody or just call our heroes the ones who are giving their lives away to other people who's wanting to make an impact that's bigger and greater than themselves. Um, once we can identify that, let's stick and hold to that. Let's mimic it. Let's stay near to it um, and find a way we can emulate them and do the same um, for others. And. I have one last question for you that it's been sort of in the back of my mind for okay. a long time and during this this our, our time to get today and I just wanted to throw it out there for you flip it around what's it like for you to think about the fact that you are someone that a lot of these young men are looking up to and, and emulate even heroic what's it like to find yourself in that position because I, I, I have some sense you know that to be the case yeah and I think it allows me to be more intentional in the work right. that I'm doing too, right? Just keeping in mind that they're watching every single thing that I do. And that's something I learned um, just kind of doing what I'm doing now. Even when I think or when we think people aren't looking and, yeah. and aren't observing no, the things are. that we do, they are. And they're <laughs> yes. taking every single bit of it, the good and the bad. So it does allow me to be like hyper uh, just conscious about that. And I think it's also just really encouraging as well Um just as I just continue to love on them, at the end of the day, that's all we're doing really. If we're just loving them well and then just treating them right, I think we have like this incredible platform to really just, I don't wanna say mold them, but just really be able to kind of lead an example um, that they're inspired and wanting to, to lead themselves just in a natural way. You know, um, I always say that, you know, if you want somebody to, to learn something, you're not just gonna sit them down and just like read off out of a textbook right, or anything like that, uh, right? Uh, yeah. We're going to live life with them. They're going to yes. uh, provide, you know, actual demonstration and, and just actually just do stuff with them. Um, and that's what I love about what I'm doing, right? And we're just demonstrating. We're just demonstrating. We're just love. We're leading and, and loving on people in a way that encourages them to go out and do the same. Um, so I'm just inspired and encouraged by that, you know, because if I know if I'm just leading, if I'm just loving well, um, they're going to go out and want to do the same. And that's really all the the motivation I need to continue to do what I'm doing. So that's that's what I love about it for sure. That's awesome. And and I hope and pray and know that you will have that impact, that good impact on these 
um, young men out there who, who need this. Yeah. Thanks so much for being with us today, Warren. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This has been Heroic. Join us for the next episode as we talk about a topic that evokes and inspires strong emotions in us as men. We will be discussing fathers as our heroic guides. If you're enjoying the Heroic Podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend who might want to listen in. Rating and word of mouth are the best ways to get the word out. You might also like my book, Heroic, The Surprising Path to True Manhood. Heroic will give you what you need to take the journey to become a man. It will help you find your guide for the journey, own your true identity, and discover your quest. This is how we become truly heroic. Go to heroicbook.com for more information and to order a copy. That's heroicbook.com.